Welcome back to our train pod, Ben and Nick here. Nick, how's it going? It's great, Ben. Spring is beautiful and this this uh, veil of humility between mountains of conceit that is the state of North Carolina. Mountains of conceit? What is that? No, that that's like a thing. That's a thing people say around here. I think it's Valley of Humility. It's like, because South Carolina and Virginia in different ways have these like very inflated narratives about their importance um and the north carolina is this valley of humility you know just kind of like working people scots irish not for long though that research triangle i hear is uh gonna yeah that's that's like an uh, that's an historic sense and i think there's there's something to that i mean you know there's no like deep water port in in north carolina so it Mm -hmm. it never had like direct access from the sea so the only the people that settled here like were from somewhere else, like from Virginia or South Carolina, basically. So it was kind of like a, not like a backwater, but it just didn't have the same like colonial significance of those, of the two surrounding states. I feel is like anything that, as beautiful as like Charleston in North Carolina? Uh, um, yeah, see, that's a great, that's a great example. There's not like, there's no historic city because okay. it was not a co- major colonial state. Like huh. there was, you know, there wasn't the, so they weren't like Georgia and South Carolina, right? Up, leading up to the Civil War, who were like the we're the backbone of slavery the, still existing. The, the Confederacy, <laughs> like uh, North Carolina, were they really into that, or were they like, you know what, not so much? <laughs> I can't speak to the racial attitudes of the citizens of North Carolina in the 18th. That'd be interesting though if they were like, they, you know, actually, we're more chill. Uh, well, there. I mean, I think the the answer to that question is like a the economy of the state and it was definitely a slaveholding state (laughs) for sure but it was not as driven my understanding is that it was wasn't plantation land in the same way that like south carolina and um mississippi and some of those deep south states. it just wasn't a very important state i mean that's the simplest way to put it like I don't think they had didn't have GDP in the 19th century, but it wasn't like a major economic powerhouse. There was not significant cultural institutions in North Carolina. It just was not a particularly prominent state. It didn't have any presidents from there. You know, there was not a major state capital. Like it just wasn't a major big deal. Are you guys like the Australia? You're like the criminals? No, the, no, there was no like there was no penal colony. It just was a rel- <laughs> it was like Iowa. You know, it was like the Iowa yeah. of the 13 colonies, you know. It I sounds mean, like the way that people in Birmingham talk about their city. They talk about how the airport that went to Atlanta at first was offered to Birmingham and they Oh said, my gosh. No. That's So insane. Birmingham could have been Atlanta. Wow. And, you know, the most used airport in the world, I guess, every day. Uh, but most people who I met from Birmingham were like, you know, what? who cares about the money? We hate Atlanta. So it's a little <laughs> bit of that like North Carolina feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just talking to someone about this earlier today that people I, there's like two or three names that are publicly available. People know who kind of decided to build the, the research triangle park and say the future of this state economically is tech biotech or pharmaceuticals and so we're going to build a massive corporate park where you know graduates from duke unc nc state can work and lore companies and it worked totally worked so yeah why are we talking about your colleges are pretty impressive so so boring yeah (laughs) yeah that is true that is true yeah 
Yeah, this is a little bit. I'm just coming off of a retreat uh, for the last three days at the beach. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, these are oftentimes like vacations where you're actually more exhausted coming out of it. So Mm. I don't know if that is secretly a purpose or what. You enjoy being around other pastors? Uh, I feel like I shouldn't say I mostly don't, but it's it's true. I don't uh, maybe it's uh, I mean, it's probably all about me, right? It's I think that they're lame, which is because I'm secretly worried that I'm lame for doing this. And yeah, I don't really want to talk about church anymore. But yeah, that's what you do. So you got to talk yeah. about church. Yeah, so, but there, yeah. Were, I mean, there were definitely people at the retreat who I thought were really cool. So do you, you think? Do you think there's this thing that happens like in other professions where like if you met like an accountant at a party, you'd be like, oh, Joe, accountant, great to meet you. You got to talk to my other friend who is an accountant. I don't think that would happen. I think you would just say you're an accountant. That's interesting. Move on. Whereas like in the pastoral world, it's like, oh, I have a friend who's a pastor. You guys should totally meet. And it's like. I'm not necessarily Actually, interested. We might hate each other's guts. <laughs> yeah. Well, like <laughs> and I, lie about our church size. Or not. It's just like I just wonder if that, oh, I know someone who does what you do. You guys should definitely connect. Yeah. Like, I don't think that happens to most other like, oh, my my cousin's a teacher. Do you guys want me to connect you on the phone? It's like, no. <laughs> just I don't, I'm not necessarily yeah. interested in them just because I think it's because job. we're so weird. Like, I mean, you I mean, it's yeah. not like you wear the collar or anything, but by virtue of being a, a minister. I think to most people, we are like fish out of water. Like, uh, yeah, like, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's like, it's like if you're seven feet tall, it's like, I have a cousin who's seven feet tall. Like, you guys have a lot in common. Are you guys both in the NBA? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I've been hearing that these are the best NBA playoffs in a long time. I know you're an NBA holic. Mm. Would you yeah. agree with that? Um, I think there are there are some features of these playoffs that are very very cool. I think the some one of the one of the features especially in the Eastern Conference is like these historic franchises and historic rivalries that are being like rekindled like Heat Knicks that's a big, you know, from the 90s and then Boston Boston Philly is probably the biggest oldest actual NBA rivalry. So I think that's really cool. Um, the problem is like those games, I don't think the basketball is that fun to watch, like especially the next series. It's pretty dreadful. And the I don't really like Joe and B like watching him play that much. I think it's a and Harden's kind of boring. So like I don't really like those games. So I don't the problem is I think the better games are in the Western Conference, but if you live on the East Coast, those games start at 10 o'clock. Like last night, the Warriors Lakers game started at 10 o'clock. It's Wednesday night. Like I got to be up at 6 a.m. with my kid. Like, I'm not I'm not going to stay up till 1 in the morning to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So I do for the conference finals, but I just, but like the Suns, I think the 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 Suns um, uh, Nugget series is incredible to watch. It is so fun to watch. It's such good basketball offensively. It's so fun. So it's been good. Yeah, no, yes, yesterday, I don't know if you had this when you were a kid, but I was very into sports. And I'd be like, all right, is the game tonight? And I find out, no, it's not for till tomorrow. And it's like, ah, oh, well, F, like that feels like an eternity. Right. Uh, last night I was asking my priest friend Landon if the Lakers were playing. And he said, yes. And so I was like pumped, like, oh yeah, I don't have to wait till tomorrow. But then he said, it's at 10 o'clock. And I was like, well, uh, 
it's not watching that tomorrow. Yeah, totally, totally. We're old. Yeah, we're old. Exactly. Well, right. hey, I'm uh, I'm hoping my Sixers can can pull this off. So I was actually going to ask you about this, Ben. There is a not insignificant chance that Philadelphia in one year will lose three championships how would you feel that has definitely never happened before yeah Yeah. world series super bowl nba championships what would that do to your psyche yeah no i think honestly football is the top thing yeah of course so if they win basketball that'd be great but I think losing the Super Bowl was the ultimate. But do you killer. think they the Phillies? They... I mean, they had no business being there, so it was great. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, if they, if we lose, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of embarrassing, but you know, whatever. I'm already thinking about Jalen and the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, my point isn't necessarily to be embarrassing. I just think it would be a weird phenomenon of like. Did they really... lose soccer too? I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. MLS. We're we're. I think the Philly team. Lost in the final, so this brother, would be four. brother, that is not whatever that is. It is like one eighteenth of a professional sport. MLS, <laughs> that's I. I will die on this island of MLS is not real and it's not cool. And people that try and act like it's cool because that's like the only team that their city has are deluding themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it's like the thirtieth best sports league. It feels profoundly un-American to uh, to think that a not had the best. To not even like, oh, like top five. It's like top 30, dude. Like, I mean, there's like multiple pro leagues in Mexico that are better than the MLS. I mean, right? I think it's such a joke. I mean, because Kansas City and Austin and people in Raleigh definitely are pining for a team. I'm like, you guys are morons. You know, like, what are you doing? (laughs) I mean, there's a degree to which like Raleigh doesn't have, uh, I almost said Raleigh doesn't have a pro sports team. That's not true. We have a professional hockey team. And people are super into it and they are genuinely into it. They watch a ton of the games. It's not just when they're in the playoffs, but there is a sneaky suspicion that I have, which is, do you actually like hockey? Like, do you care about hockey or do you just care about the, the Canes? Cause you live in Raleigh and there's nothing wrong with that, but it is something It is it feels MLS esque to have like, well, our pro team is a hockey team. And like, do I care about hockey? No, but I like the Canes. So go Canes, you know, anyway. Yeah, no. Anyway, I mean, I guess that for the NHL, that's like maybe not as bad as MLS, but no, no, it's it's the best league, you know, for sure, you know, and it's a big deal. Um, But but, yeah, who watches it anymore? Which is kind of sad. But yeah, I mean, probably as many people, not that many more people watch basketball or baseball, dude. You know, but people watch the highlights. That's I for get, sure. At least I for guess. basketball, on like the internet. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. And basketball players are celebrities for sure. But all right, uh, uh, we, Jesus. Are, we, are we just like randomly talking or are we going to do about something bible Friends, I mean, just be happy we're back. OK, we may have said some of the most offensive things ever or take note. Honestly, Nick, not honestly, me, people but... are going to be pretty mad about that Kane's comment. I, I just unless you edit it out. Yeah, we won't. We won't. You'll see your true pastor. All right. I forget what we did last time. I don't think we read the actual gospel. Did we? We just kind of talked about like. What are we preaching about? And because right. you're not preaching, I'm going to both host and begin this conversation. Uh, well, no, no, Ben, I'll, ben, ben. I'll, I'll start. Uh, what are you preaching on this week? <laughs> well, Nick, uh, 
I am preaching on the very next passage from last week. So it's actually kind of nice because oftentimes the lectionary jumps around like crazy and you're like, this has no connection the previous week. But this week we pick off right where we left off. And if we remember that, it's uh, Jesus. (laughs) No one remembers. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Then I'll tell you what happened. Jesus is comforting his troubled disciples. If you remember, this is still the Last Supper. He's washed their feet. He Judas has left to betray him. Peter is going to deny him, and he's no longer going to be with him anymore. And last week, he says, I'm going to create many mansions for you. I'm not abandoning you. And this week, he talks about the Holy Spirit, which is pretty great, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit, we never talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but this is, yeah, before Pentecost. So, hey, uh, I'm not sure why they're doing this, but we're we're getting to the Spirit first. And uh, so I think, well, why don't we start off with this? Uh, Jesus does say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And when I read that in English, I'm always like, oh, man, that sounds like a really awful relationship. Like, if you love me, um, this is what you're going to do. But what the scholars say that I really like, and I wonder what you think of this, Nick, is that the the Greek here is a it's a condition of fact. So when Jesus is saying, if you love me, essentially what it means is, and you do, you will keep my commandment. And that was the same thing that was happening last week. If you love me, I'll be and and you do. Um so how is now, that signaled by like verb tense or the condition condition of fact, which means it's it's happening. That's what the no, it's assumed to be true. It's, it's assumed to be true. true. I decided, yeah. I mean, no, I believe you. I was just that was yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I don't. I don't. Don't question read, me, bro. I don't. Read, yeah, no one in the congregation will, but dude. As the longer I do this pastor thing, the more I find myself like saying things that are like saying things as if they are uncontroversially true that are profoundly not i feel like when i was at the very beginning of my time as a pastor i would like pride myself on being very nuanced and like hedging a lot in my preaching and now i'm just like scholars say and i'm like one scholar said that <laughs> and it's you know anyway um if you Nick's love me preaching has become fox news msnbc as you yeah it's folks. honestly become more effective because like people don't want nuance man they want you to tell me tell me what you think you know um if you love me keep my commands yeah i don't i never hear that tonally as like a almost like a kind of like emotionally controlling husband. Like if you love me, you will cook dinner every night. It's just Jesus saying, if you love me, I'm giving you a way of demonstrating that. And yeah. And to your point, maybe I'm assuming that you do. So here's how to, you know, honor me and uh, express that. So yeah, I don't know. I think this, this passage is still in the, is a comforting passage. He's trying to comfort his troubled disciples. So where is he going with this? I'm going to give you another advocate. I have been your advocate. I'm going to where I'm going. You can't come, at least for now. But another one is coming, and he will be with you forever. And the emphasis really seems to be, in this part of John anyway, that the spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus' is spirit, which is associated with truth. And later on, right, it Pontius Pilate, what is truth? I don't know if you want to go anywhere with that, but I, I kind of find that interesting that in John... That's kind of what he focuses in on mm. for the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Or that in the whole paraclete thing. I mean, I think that's the main distinctive of the, of John's portrayal of the spirit. Cause I don't, yeah, I don't think the synoptics use the language of 
paraclete or advocate or counselor to describe the work of the spirit. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think the the comfort is like, hey, you're not going to be able to see me, but he abides with me and he's going to abide with you. And then in that second paragraph, it's almost like that kind of mystical language. I am in my father and you in me and I in you. And I I still don't know really what that means, but it's, right, a, it's right. meant to be a comfort. We're in yeah. Christ. We're in God somehow. We're in the spirit. Um, and uh, yeah, on some level, like the the focus is like, yeah, keep my commandments. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But I think really we're talking about this paraclete, this advocate who will lead you into keeping the commandments, lead you into loving me. Yeah. So. I mean, if, yeah, if you look, so we actually haven't said what the text is, it's John 14, 15 through 21. And it starts with, if you love me, keep my commands. And then Jesus says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And uh, Jesus is implying there that in the same way that I was with you and walked alongside you, God is going to give you another one of me, another advocate the spirit of truth. And so it's a very simple way to think about what the Holy simple meaning, like uncomplicated, even if it's difficult to totally understand, like what is the spirit? Well, the spirit is the kind of does the things for us and alongside us that Jesus did for and alongside his disciples. You know, uh, I think it's, who was the archbishop of Canterbury during um, world war two, William temple. Yeah. William temple. He's like, he was a big scholar on John and he has this line about the paraclete. And what that word means is really stuck in me. He says something to the effect of the um, stuck in me. I can't recall it. No, uh, that like the um, it talks about the way the spirit brings comfort, which is another translate. There's another word you could use there, another comforter. And he talks about the spirit's comfort. He describes it as a bracing consolation, meaning comfort can sound to some people like a warm blanket when it's cold outside like it's very therapeutic and medicinal and there's nothing wrong with that but that he i think what william temple was pointing out is like the disciples were in were very scared and were very aware of the dangers that they were experiencing and so the spirit makes you brave and strong by being brave and strong beside you. If you imagine yourself in a scared room somewhere and someone walks into that room who is brave and strong, it makes you brave and strong because of their presence. And I think the spirit does the same thing. So William Temple talks about, it's a, a bracing consolation. I always love that phrase. I'm definitely out to steal that for the sermon. That's yeah. great. Cause yeah. otherwise it's like, I get caught up in like, okay, well you will keep my commandments. What are the commandments for John? Well, I mean, they're probably the law, the Jewish law. But I mean, for John, he he focuses so much on love that it seems like I would lean into like, well, this advocate, the spirit of truth, which is coming to be alongside of us, is going to help us love, going to help us birth this impossible thing in us. And yeah. that, I mean, that's fine. But I do like that bracing consolation, which yeah. not only is as you said, a warm blanket, not just like, oh, that feels really nice, but it's actually empowering. Yeah, it gives you like a backbone to actually be loving. I mean, being loving and compassionate and open-handed with people is like, that's one of the hardest things to do because it it takes such emotional 
strength, you know, and, um, and this, so the idea of being, you need to be strong in order to love and the spirit makes you strong by being strong beside you. It's like being in the presence of greatness. It kind of makes you great, you know, like to speak of basketball, it's like players that play with LeBron James, like play a lot better because they're like in the presence of that kind of greatness. Mm-hmm. And it's like more spiritually, it's like, yeah, we're kind of like ineffectual idiots all the time. And so the spirit that comes alongside us and it's like this picture and this, it's this spirit of Jesus. And it's like, oh, I can be brave and strong a little bit because the spirit is with me and he's brave and strong beside me. I mean, that's... Again, it's that's abstract or it's immaterial, but that is like kind of a concrete way to think about how, what yeah. the spirit. I actually think that most of the people in the pew find those kind of abstractions actually comforting, whereas it, it's people like you and me who've read these texts a little too much who are like, "All right, well, like, what does that even mean?" I know. Help good me point. further, man. Um, good point. Good point, dude. But, I've been yeah. Good point. Yeah, and I've been reading this book called uh, A History of the Island by this Russian author, cannot pronounce his name. He wrote that book, Loris, that was pretty popular like five, seven years ago. And in the book, it's about these medieval and modern monks on this island. And Is it, uh, is it fictional? Like, is it a fictional yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. And it's actually like, it, it, it shows ex- what you said, that these, mm. I think it's the bishop who is loving and who is always trying to stop wars and standing up to kings uh he it's a a loving strength or a strength in love rather than like what i oftentimes think of as a rom-com or like someone gets weak in love Uh, so i don't know if that's helpful yeah that's good man that's cool so all right dude well i think that's it yeah gang i hope uh i hope you're loving the uh, bracing consolation. That's a, uh, I think that, that is a- worked on our podcast before, but that one continues to keep on giving. 